Chapter Two of Man's Rights, or How Would You Like It? Comprising Dreams. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Louise J. Bell. Man's Rights, or How Would You Like It? Comprising Dreams by Annie Denton Cridge Dream Number Two Once again I have visited that strange city in Dreamland, where men and only men were the housekeepers and Bridgets. It is midnight. I have just awakened from my dream and risen to pen it down, lest in the morning I should find my memory treacherous. My good husband has protested against writing by gaslight, and very gravely given his opinion on midnight writing, and, ah oh well, he is sound asleep now, I see, and so at once to my dream. I thought my husband and I were walking along some beautiful streets, when all at once I exclaimed, Why, husband, here we are together in that very city I told you about, where the men are the housekeepers and kitchen girls. Oh, I'm glad! Let us find out everything about these inhabitants, both men and women. While we were talking together, several gentlemen, pale and delicate in appearance, passed us. Some were dressed in calico suits, trimmed with little ruffles, ruffles round the bottom of the pants, ruffles down the front, and round the tails of the coats, and on both sides of the buttonholes of their vests were rows of small ruffles. From some of their little flat hats flowed ribbon streamers, while on others were placed, jauntily and conspicuously, feathers and flowers. More and more gentlemen passed us. What a variety of costume! I was almost bewildered. Gentlemen in red, green, yellow, drab, and black suits, trimmed in such elaborate and fanciful styles. Some suits were particolored, that is to say, the pants perhaps yellow or red, the vest blue, the coat green, crimson, or drab. Some of these suits were trimmed with lace, lace down the sides of the pants and round the bottoms, lace round the edges of the coat, and beautifully curving hither and thither as a vine, over the backs and down the fronts of the coats, and also over the fronts of the vests. Some suits were almost covered with elaborate embroidery, or satin folds, or piping, or ribbon, while bows and streamers of the same or contrasting colors, according to taste, were placed on the backs of the coats, shoulders, and here and there on the vest and pants. It really makes me laugh at this moment to think of that comical sight. Their headdresses, too, were most fantastic. Flowers, bits of lace, tall or blonde, feathers, and even birds were mixed in endless profusion with ribbon, tinsel, glitter, and ab libitum grease. Many of these gentlemen carried little portemonnaies, which hung on their jeweled fingers by tiny chains. Others carried fans, some edged with feathers, or covered with pictures, or inlaid with pearl, etc., varying, I suppose, according to the purse. 
each of these gentlemen seemed particularly interested in every other gentleman's costume for they turned and looked at each other while several exclamations reached my ear such as what a superb suit what a splendid coat what a darling vest what a love of a hat these gentlemen had a swinging gait something like that of a sailor which made their coat-tails move to and fro as they walked i noticed too that they were very careful of their pants which were decidedly wide for on passing over a gutter or soiled part of the pavement they carefully and daintily raised the legs of the pants with the finger and thumb this impressed me favorably as to their love of cleanliness for otherwise the laces ribbons embroidery or ruffles which graced the bottoms of their pants would have come in contact with the mud of the streets as we stood looking at these strange gentlemen my husband suggested the idea of a masquerade then suddenly i found myself alone and flitting from dwelling to dwelling from home to home and everywhere the gentlemen were dressed in flimsy materials and all more or less decked with trimmings i found the majority of gentlemen busy with needlework some doing the sewing of the family but many very many with their sons dressed in delicate morning suits doing fancy work some were working little cats and dogs on footstools others were busy with embroidery fancy knitting and all the delicate nothings that interest only ladies in this waking world of ours as i listened to their conversation which was generally composed of gossip fashion or love matters for the male sex took the fashion books and not ladies and these i found in the majority of homes headed gentlemen's magazine of fashions as i listened to their conversation i repeat and observed all this my soul was filled with unutterable sadness alas alas i said what means this degradation why have the lords of creation become mere puppets or dolls where is the loftiness and intellectuality of man noble man just then i was aroused from my reverie by an aspiring young gentleman who was sewing some ruffles on the legs of his pants saying to his father i don't see papa why men cannot earn money as well as women i want to learn a business that is all nonsense replied his father your business is to get married there is no necessity for a boy to learn a business what you have to do is to learn to be a good housekeeper for you will be married some day and will have to attend to your children and your wife and that is enough business for any man but i may not marry said the boy and i know i will not unless i can get a woman with money that can give me a good home then they talked about mr someone i could not catch the name that had married well his wife was worth over fifty thousand dollars and was very kind to him taking him to theatres and concerts and wherever he wanted to go she let him too have all the dress he wanted she had only one fault 
she would not allow him to go anywhere unless she accompanied him oh my soul was sick with sympathy and pity for that race of poor degraded men what does it mean i asked myself why are they in this pitiable condition then for the first time i realized that this city was the capital of a great nation that women and only women were the lawmakers judges executive officers etc of the nation that every office of honor and emolument was filled by women that all colleges and literary institutions with very few exceptions were all built for women and only open to women and that men were all excluded i went from school to school from college to college and oh the beauty the dignity of those women science and art had truly crowned them with their own best gifts their faces seemed to me almost divine and oh what a contrast to the vain silly half-educated men who stayed at home or paraded the streets thinking principally of fashion and dress for these women were everywhere dressed in plain and substantial clothing which lent them such a charm that i realized instinctively there was something about them far more beautiful than beauty as i looked upon these women in the colleges as students and professors as lawyers judges and jurors as i looked upon them in the lecture-room and the pulpit the house of representatives and the senate chamber yea everywhere i observed their quiet dignity clothed in their plain flowing robes and i was almost tempted to believe that nature had intended in this part of the world at least that woman and only woman should legislate and govern and that here if nowhere else woman should be superior to man in the galleries of the legislative bodies were hundreds of gentlemen young and old looking on and listening to the speeches made by the lady members how they fluttered and fanned and whispered and smiled alas for fallen man i said then in an instant i had as by one glance looked into the pockets of every lady and gentleman present and also into the acquisitive pockets of the brain of each and the result proved to me that as man held the purse with us so woman held the purse in that wonderful dreamland to obtain money from their wives those weak silly men would often resort to cajolery and deceit only from their wives could they obtain money for dress or anything else and so as by common consent nearly all the husbands had seemingly decided that they had a right to get all they could out of their wives without any reference to the question whether the wife could afford it or not thus i found that the woman being the purse-holder she the giver and he the receiver worked most disastrously for it made the interests of wife and husband separate the interest of the wife was not the interest of the husband his greatest care being to get all he could 
and spend all he could get. I left those buildings and took the streetcars. Here those noble-looking, stately women escorted the gentlemen to the cars, stood while the gentlemen walked in first, then demurely stepped on board and paid the car fare for both. What impressed me as much as anything I saw was with what matter-of-course style the gentlemen in their dainty, flimsy, flying garments occupied the seats of the cars while the ladies stood. Or, if a lady had a seat, with what noble demeanor she rose and gave it up if a gentleman stepped on board. I saw that those ladies took gentlemen to theaters and places of amusement. Ladies took those gentlemen to church and very kindly saw them safely home. Ladies told those gentlemen how beautiful they looked, how prettily they were dressed, etc., and I saw that it gave these poor, weak-minded men much pleasure. In ice-cream saloons and other places of refreshment, these gentlemen were as kindly and as gallantly taken by the ladies, who, in all cases, paid for the refreshments. I looked into the churches, which were principally filled with elegantly dressed gentlemen. Ah, I said to myself, in religion these downtrodden men find some consolation. But in an instant I was shocked by realizing that more than half went from custom, or to show their dress and see the fashions. I looked into the prayer meetings, and, being of course all the time invisible, was also present at the confessionals, and in both the excess of men who attended was a remarkable fact. Men got up sewing societies and mite societies, and in these many sad, sorrowful men found a few moments, sometimes, of happy, useful existence. Occasionally, in those public places, I found a man who had risen above his fellows, who had become famous in literature. I met with some male poets, and several conversant with science in a degree equal to the best of women. And I said to myself, if these few men have proved themselves equal to the best of women, then is it not strong presumptive evidence that all these men would be equal to women were they equally educated? Then I seemed, in my dream, to grasp the cause of all this difference between the sexes and that these beautiful, noble women might have been in the same deplorable condition had they been trained and educated as these degraded men, without a motive in life, limited in education and culture, shut out of every path to honor or emolument, and reduced to the condition of paupers on the bounty of the opposite sex. I saw that the disadvantages under which one sex thus labored constituted a curse that extended to both, and that, though the drudgery of the kitchen had been removed, it was not the millennium by any means, as I had supposed in my last dream, but only the beginning of the millennium. Man was not the only sufferer, but the wrong due to man acted and reacted on woman.
for men being defrauded in their education and nearly all avenues to pecuniary independence closed to them marriage with those half-educated dependent creatures called men was necessarily their highest ambition there was no other way for them to obtain wealth or a home hence they devoted all their powers to the one grand object of catching a woman with money hence woman became also the sufferer being often trapped into marriage by one of these silly worthless men who had learned well the arts and schemes of wife-catching i looked into the thought-cells of these ladies brains and found stored therein in almost every instance a decided belief that men constituted the inferior and women the superior sex there is a bright side however to every picture and even my dream had its bright side for instance i had dreamt that i looked in on the gentleman with pale face and haggard countenance of whom i spoke in my first dream as a man that did his own work and now instead of toil and anxiety about meals washing ironing etc he was in the garden with his children planting vegetable seeds and flower seeds and as i with pleasure noted his returning health and strength i listened to his talk with the children whom he was interesting with a story how i lingered with that gentleman i accompanied him to the house and saw him reading i looked over his book and was delighted to find that he was studying physiology by and by he began to talk with the children about the nerves which he called electric wires carrying messages to the brain which delighted the children and i said in deep reverence thank god that man has been emancipated from the kitchen he will work out his own salvation the golden key of the universe has he grasped in his own right hand and it will open to him every door in the arcana of nature not forever will man be considered woman's inferior then like a flash came to me the mental and moral status of every man in that great country and i realized that with emancipation from the kitchen had come a hungering and thirsting for education for mental aliment then i turned and lo i stood in the street where great posters caught my eye man's rights a lecture on man's rights i read fain would i have attended a lecture on man's rights but in my eagerness to do so i awoke p s it is morning and to my great joy i have had another dream as i retired to my bed after writing the above instantly dreamland was present and the thread taken up where it was dropped i have attended lectures on man's rights and man's rights conventions all of which i must write down at once even if my husband has to go without his breakfast for dreams so often take to themselves wings and fly away End of 
Dream Number Two. Recording by Louise J. Bell, Sebastopol, California. <laughs>